I'm very excited to be here with you today and um, to be working with you to um, share with your listeners that uh, Celeste helps me at the Kula Kitchen and um, is a really pivotal part of, you know, everything we're doing. We're trying to produce really excellent plant-based food, food that is so good that no matter who eats it, they don't want to eat something else. I think you're creating a really amazing product that like you said, people don't need to be plant-based to think, oh my gosh, this lion's mane mushroom chowder tastes amazing. Right. And it makes me smarter and it reverses cognitive decline, helps prevent Alzheimer's, creates new neuropathways, improves your vision. Like why would you not eat it? Like it's literally delicious. That's exactly right. Wow. I love how we have jumped right in. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's awesome. Can I backtrack a little bit? Because there's stuff I totally. don't know about you that I want to yes. know. So yeah, like, I, I love the flow of the natural conversation tonight. Yeah, yeah. Ask me anything. Go for it. Cool. I've only heard your story maybe once, but I'd like to know... Oh. Um, how you became plant-based. I know how the cheese evolved because you were trying to help a friend who was told Mm -hmm. not to eat cheese by her doctor and she had breast cancer and she was just addicted to cheese. But tell Mm -hmm. me the whole story. Tell me how you went to Ruby. Tell me how you changed from, I know that you were on medications and you were unhappy to healing your body. Okay, take it away. Okay, so that puts us on like a a 10 year, now more like a 12, 13 year loop. Uh, But about 13 years ago, I left Boise um, for Tokyo. And that was to try to change how I was feeling because I had just recently gotten divorced. I was fat, sick, and, you know, really literally nearly dead because I just, I just didn't have any joy and, um, living without joy is, is not really living. And so, um, it it was a very painful time in my life. And I thought that a change of scenery might help. Um, but it wasn't very long after I got to beautiful Tokyo that I realized I was going to have to do a lot more than change my scenery. And so, uh, it was during a monsoon, uh, so big, heavy rains and winds, and we had to stay inside for 24 hours, um, at a minimum. And so we were watching a bunch of videos we had gotten from the library because, this was 13 years ago. <laughs> you, you, you didn't have Hulu yet. So um, we just uh, were watching a video. It was a really old documentary called Eating Third Edition. And my partner, Spencer, and I looked at each other and we were like, there's no possible way it could be that easy that like we could change what we ate preposterous and and somehow get better this seemed ridiculous to both of us but at the end of the show we thought well what do we really have to lose you know Mm -hmm. like why not try and so Thanksgiving was coming up and Spencer um he loves a good pun or uh some improv comedy and he said why don't we change on Thanksgiving so that we can always say we went cold turkey so um (laughs) I love it 
<laughs> yeah. So this could be your cold turkey episode because that is what we did. And I I think there are probably better or easier or more progressive, you know, planned out ways to change. But for us, um, we just dove all the way in. Uh, we sat on the couch and we ordered a juicer. We <laughs> we we um, started making a plan. I came home a couple of days later. He had cleaned out all the cabinets. You know, um, everything that had processed anything had to go. I mean, we just we attacked it um, with with all the passion of of people desperate to live. Wow and. Um, and, and it was painful and it was hard and it was slow. I did Mm. not get better like fast or in, in, in noticeable ways. The, the thing that kept me going was, um, that I, the smoothie I was having every day, I had more energy and I felt a little bit better enough each day to do one more day. And, um, wow. it, it, yeah, it, the first time I added yoga to the equation, my stomach fell into my face and I cried, <laughs> but I kept doing the practice. Um, and, and that really made a difference for me too, in just helping me, um, helping me move through all of the changes I was experiencing. And so in a very literal way, I was creating a practice of movement um, in my body. And the other thing that really helped was, you know, not kidding, probably 10,000 hours of research. Like I, I devoted all of my brain power um, when I wasn't working, and sometimes when I was, um, <laughs> to learning about what plants did what, um, about what I needed to eat for optimal um, results, um, uh, what I could do to help myself emotionally. So at that time, I was taking 12 prescription medications, um, wow. everything from allergy to different allergy medications. I had so much congestion and a lifetime of that. Who knew it was just milk? Wow, that's so irritating to me still. But um, so two for sinus stuff, um, two for sleep, one of those was restless leg. um, And then, you know, a myriad of things for like high blood pressure, which was directly caused by the antidepressant, like, Mm. it's it all was working against me. It was working Mm -hmm. together against me. (laughs) One was causing symptoms that required another, which was causing symptoms that required another. And it was just a a vicious, vacuous cycle um, that was making me really sick. And then I would wash that down with, you know, one to two bottles of wine a night, depending on what kind of night it was. So, you know, I was not well by any measure of the imagination and so it was it was years in the process um but I started to lose weight and I started to feel better and I started to not need those medications one by one and so um about three years in um I had lost uh, about 60 pounds and um had gotten off most of the medications and four years in um 
you know, was off of everything. And um, it probably could have been done, you know, faster, more quickly, but I was, um, you know, really a lot of cleanse was necessary to get all of that stuff out of my body and a lot of, um, a lot of time. I, it had taken me, um, 10 years to get sick, probably, you know, you, you, you really start heart disease starts developing when you're 10. Um, and so, you know, I had probably been getting sick for quite a while, but the past 10, the prior 10 years to that loop were definitely what you know, when I gained the weight and when I really got sick. And so it only took about three years to reverse most of that, you know, and then, and then I just kept getting better and better and better. And now, you know, um, 13 years into that journey, um, I no longer drink, I no longer need any medication and haven't for at least 10 years. Um, I haven't needed to see a doctor. I, um, I'm happier <laughs> than I've ever been. I, um, my teeth are naturally white. My, my, um, my skin stays, you know, young for 53. And uh, I mean, I, I, um, the results continue to amaze me and I continue to have stellar results on a plant-based diet um, that are always improving uh, as I, you know, continue to increase, you know, kind of the complex foods that I eat and add more mushrooms and, and more variety of fiber and more live food. Uh, I, the thing I have enjoyed so much about this journey, Celeste, is just how, um, stimulating the knowledge can be because knowledge is power. And, you know, the more we understand about how, what we consume, and when I say consume, I mean, in every way, not just eating, but what we consume really affects the outcome of our lives. Mm. Wow. That's so true. You have such a, you have such like I almost cried <laughs> telling me that story when you, when you were talking about just beginning your yoga practice and that is a really hard place to be in. And I know that there yeah. are, there are so many people that are searching desperately for an answer. And I think what your story, like one of my huge takeaways is, I don't know I want to say you were patient with the process, but I think more than that, you were just like fully engaged in the process because we live in the yeah. society where people want to like, they want to get on a medication and things to be fixed like that, or they want to come to me for plant-based coaching and their, um, their problems go away in eight weeks not understanding that, like you said, this is a lifetime of building. But the amazing thing is, is that in three years or four years, you completely reverse that. I told my yeah. husband that, <laughs> I'm sorry. I told my husband once that you used to be fat. And he was like, yeah, no, he was completely <laughs> shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when it was all said and done, Celeste, I lost almost 100 pounds. Wow. So, uh, yeah, and um, it, there's some pictures that I'm so, you know, I, I see them every once in a while and I'm just mortified um, because I don't recognize myself. Right. That is not that is not who I really was. That was a person that 
you know, is really suffering and, Mm -hmm. and um, out of touch with themselves due to, you know, pharmacological soup (laughs) that, that I was on. Um, Those, those things were not interacting well with my natural biorhythms. And I, I was completely out of touch with, you know, the feelings of my body and satiation. Right. Right. Um, You know, I think this is a big thing. Like people don't necessarily understand that there are certain medications that turn off the switch that makes you feel satiated. And so eating, eating can really become just a process that doesn't have an off because you don't feel full on some medications. And so, you know, it was, it was really powerful for me to begin to understand, you know, how my sickness was a puzzle for me to take apart and learn about. And, and in doing that, I felt really empowered because, um, I, I was learning to care for my own body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even a couple of years in, uh, I remember being at a sauna in Germany where we were living at the time and just having this tremendous breakout of, of like uh, little red bumps, uh, you know, where usually you would have pores and, you know, that was the last of, you know, some toxic medications coming out. I mean, there's so many things that we don't necessarily understand about the medications that we are sometimes taking and what can happen. And sometimes I'm sure that they're necessary. And I don't mean to say that, you know, they're not, but in my case, it was not a good fit. And, you know, they um, turned out, I I didn't need them. I just needed to eat better, a lot better, a lot, lot better. Yeah. Your diet is pretty pristine. Um, And I, you highlighted on a couple things that I want to come back to. Like you talked about mushrooms, you talked about live food and you talked about fiber. And Mm -hmm. I know, I know that you're a huge fan of mushrooms. You've turned me on to mushrooms. Now I'm cooking (laughs) with these cute little creatures that I'm like, yes. what is this fun? You know, like it's just, it's so fun. I just love the creativity of it, but you know, so much about mushrooms. Can I just get you to dive into that for a little bit, especially in place of pharma pharma? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, I've always been interested in mushrooms, but, uh, you know, just, recently in the last four or five years really um, started to do some research and started to understand that they were much more than a protein substitute. I mean, that's the way that I originally looked at them. Mushrooms are about 30% protein. And so they are logically very meaty. And, you know, so um, as I was you know, becoming a better and better plant-based cook and then went to culinary school, you know, they came across my radar as a, as a meat replacement. Mm -hmm. But as I started to study them, um, I realized that there was this whole world of ancient tradition out there and new science. And I love when ancient tradition and new science can meet, that is cool. And so, (laughs) yeah, it's rad. And um, so what we understand is 
like in Chinese medicine, some of these mushrooms have been used for thousands of years to treat things that we suffer from, like anxiety and depression, that these, these mushrooms have, have been known to cure these things for a very long time. And, um, and then we look at things like uh, acid reflux or 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 wounds or antibiotics and and many of these things came from fungi mm -hmm. and then the deeper you go the more you learn and so you go a little deeper and you learn that wow mushrooms can micro remediate the soil you you can um when the exxon valdez spilled all of that oil an experiment was done by the famous mycologist Paul Stamets, where he, they they went down and they inoculated this pile of dirt that had, you know, just been saturated in black oil with uh, oyster mushroom spores. And they covered it and they left it and they came back. And not only had the oyster mushrooms grown, but they had cleaned all of the oil out of the soil. Oil out of the soil. It's so amazing. Like, and so then you learn that and you're like, what? And then you <laughs> just keep going further and your mind is literally blown time and time again. Paul Stamets, um, who I mentioned earlier, is getting a patent right now on a um, elixir that he created by combining a couple of mushrooms, which inoculates bees against the colony um, collapse disorder. Oh I mean, yeah, I mean, the, just the deeper you go, the more you're like, you know what, there's a mushroom for that. I'm sure of it. Right. And so I have all this existential stress, Celeste, over plastic. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do we truly get away from it? It's everywhere. Right. And uh, one of the things that I find just absolutely fascinating is that there's a mushroom for that. There's a mushroom that can eat plastic. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, the more I have learned, the more I have just gravitated to wanting to learn even more. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, everything from Lion's Mane, which I have a very personal relationship to. So in part of my story, also, I have traumatic brain injury. And um, I have, you know, witnessed personally the improvement uh, that's been made in that and the conditions and, and symptoms that I have by eating lion's mane on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And so I have a very personal relationship with that beautiful puffball of a mushroom. Mm -hmm. um, I, I take cordyceps daily um, for energy and I drink chaga for melanin for my skin, um, you know, and, and all of these things uh, work together and, and, and help you build, they all have uh, immuno strengthening properties. All of them um, are anti-cancer. I mean, it's just the, the positive effects are really layered. And then the more you learn about that, the more you just understand their impact on the environment, their place in the environment, and um, the growing awareness of, you know, their potential to, to help us move into a healthier future. I completely agree with you. And the stuff I learned from you from mushrooms only makes me want to know more. 
And I'm guessing that people who listen to this are going to be super curious about mushrooms. Like yeah. the, the fact I did see the fact that those oyster mushrooms cleaned up that oil spill and then they mm-hmm. tested them for edibility and they were clean. What yep. the what? How can yep. that even be? That's like mm-hmm. otherworldly. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And um, if you look at, if you look at mushrooms, like, it, it, you know, if you start following like <laughs> foragers on, on Instagram, yeah, uh, they look like little aliens. I mean, there are so many different varieties. There's some that are iridescent and glow in the dark. And there's cool. others that um, are slime molds. And there was this super cool experiment done with um, the slime mold, which is a kind of fungi um, where they put um, some kind of uh, sugar base that it feeds off of at uh, one end of the maze. And the slime mold was able to move through the maze in, in, a, in a pattern that um, they ended up creating like the Tokyo subway from. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, that's these interesting. Things, that's yeah, there's cultural respect for a uh, living organism. That's there are, yeah, there are just, you know, these miraculous kind of um, connections that mushrooms can help us see um, to our natural world. And, you know, the mycelium under our feet is, um, you know, really nature's internet. And so there's just so much to learn. And I think the quicker we learn and get on board with like, this could help us, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the other side of it that I really love too, and then I'll, uh, you know, I could go on forever, but there's this movement that's kind of just really community-based. Like it doesn't take a lot to become a mushroom farmer. It doesn't take a lot to grow these, these medicines mm-hmm. at your house, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't, it's not a high cost entry point and it's not it's not hard science. It's pretty simple. And so what Camille and I have done with Just Mushrooms is really try to take, now that the cookbook's done, is really try to take that a step further and, you know, provide some education around mushrooms themselves, like simple things like how to shop for them. But also we just did a video of, you know, how to, how to, culture and grow your own mushroom with just toilet paper and um, a a couple cardboard things of toilet paper, some water, uh, some leftover coffee and a plastic bag, you know, it's, yeah, it's not a high entry point and it's a fun hobby and Mm. you can, you know, literally be growing a, a food that can help to heal your body. Yeah. So I'm curious about that because I want to try that. Okay. <laughs> do, I need, do I need then to get a mushroom spore? Do I need to get spores or yes. something somewhere? How do I, how does a person that's listening to this and that's so curious, like, yes, I'm going to become a closet mushroom farmer. Um, well, you don't have, for this uh, little technique that Camille did on her Instagram. So if you go to Just Mushrooms Instagram, you can see um, her most recent post is like a three-step little 30-second video on how to do this little process. Um, and what you want for that one is just a little piece of mycelium off of a block that someone has, you know, kind of finished using. So 
um, you can just ask your mushroom farmer or anyone who's currently growing mushrooms if you can have just a little piece of the, the white fuzzy mycelium. And that's all you need to start a whole new um, spawn. Wow. So if yeah. you could grow just one kind of mushroom, would it be lion's mane? What would it be? And then, yeah, give us your top well, three. <laughs> you know, um, there's a couple that are, to my knowledge, not able to be grown in labs. And um, it, it scares me that as their medicinal powers become more known, that they'll be over harvested um, and that that medicine could be potentially lost. Yeah. And um, so I would wish if I could grow anything, I, I would make, you know, one of those magical genie wishes that we could learn to culture things like chaga um, and, and agaricon mm -hmm. and, and be able to grow those in a lab um, so that we could save the medicine mm -hmm. and the spores mm -hmm. and, and also still have wild um, because we want, this to be available to everyone, you know, um, and not some kind of upper class thing for those who can afford it. Yeah, it, right. it, it should be a medicine for the masses. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you know, would try to do that. And then, and then those things safely done, I think I would definitely grow lion's mane and then definitely some shiitake because I just, um, those are the base of my mushroom broth and my cookbook and I love them. They're so delicious. I love those too. Well, I, I love your heart and I love your compassion <laughs> for humanity and that you want healthy food. I, I know now that I think of this, I've heard you say this before, but hearing you um, on this interview and seeing your heart and just being present with the fact that you say that medicine from the earth, the real kind, the kind we should be embracing shouldn't be uh, inaccessible for people because of finances or, or any other reason. So like any ideas, like how do we do this? Do we have you I'm sure you've thought about this what are we gonna do yeah. what are we gonna do Michelle? yeah so I think we're gonna farm I I think in the very near future um you know that that uh people are going to realize we started to see it during COVID um but that we cannot continue to live the way we've been living and so as people wake up we need to be ready to help show them how these things can be done and help them get started. And so I, I really think, you know, part of moving into the future is, you know, is education and, and farming because, um, you know, learning to take care of the soil and learning about interconnectedness is a bigger piece of the puzzle then we give it credit for if if the earth is healthy we will be healthier and you know the more we can learn about creating this connection with our natural environment and nurturing that the happier we will be and and if we can move into a happier healthier future um I think mushrooms are a big part of that. And I think, you know, mushroom farming is something I intend to do, Celeste. So you heard me say it on your podcast first. <laughs> I'm, I love that. And I'm going to come visit your mushroom farm and um, you're going to give me some 
advice. And for now, I'm going to try this. And some lion's mane. Yes. <laughs> and for now, I'm going to try this as a weekend project to try and yes. figure out how to build a little mushroom nest so that I can yes. use some baby mushrooms because um, if I can do it, then I can show other people how to do it. And because of you, I've fallen. I always liked like who doesn't like mushrooms, maybe some child, like it's not, right, you right. know, hasn't acquired the taste, but everybody thinks, oh yeah, I love mushrooms. And then you realize that mushrooms are healing and they're yes. protein and yes. their communication. And I saw one of those fungi uh, documentaries, which I recommend everybody go watch. And it talked about the communication. You, like you said, the internet mm-hmm. across the mm-hmm. forest floor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. probably even more than that I'm sure you could mm-hmm. go on and on and on but mycelium does it cover the planet or uh yeah I mean it just uh it, it's the biggest living organism um that we know of and the biggest patch of it is in uh the old growth forest here in Oregon mm. um is the largest living mass I and mean, it's a mass of mycelium under the ground Um, and and it connects everything and so the trees can talk to each other and share nutrients they can warn each other of fire um impending parasite um you know they can um they can recognize their own seedlings uh using the the mycelial network um you know and the the mushrooms have relationship like symbiosis between not just the trees but other organisms that are living um, and the microorganisms of the soil itself and so it's all like this massive connection and so cool to understand and then to transfer that knowledge to understanding that our guts are are as complicated as all of the life that's going on under the ground is going on unseen inside of us as well it's like a a mirror image like a microcosm yeah and and that's kind of hard to understand but at the same time like if you can look at the average handful of dirt and see the desertification that's happened Mm -hmm. and understand how stripped that is of of nutrient it's more like sand Mm -hmm. and then imagine your gut on the standard american diet where there's not enough fiber and there's Mm -hmm. too much sugar and there's Mm -hmm. all these processed chemicals in addition to environmental toxins Mm -hmm. and you understand that it's the same kind of raw lack of nutrient that causes illness and not just physical illness but like you know depression and and inflammation of the the body and its organs can manifest in many many ways right so I think your question is is such a powerful one is it everywhere I think yes I think yes you know the the ability for us to heal and and the ability for us to be sick is everywhere and and we need to get better at sharing knowledge and helping each other and so I think um, this podcast is well timed and I I see good things coming out of it and I I really thank you for stepping out and doing that and allowing you know people to find uh, you know, maybe a voice that resonates with them um, in listening to you and 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 learning from you. So, 
that hopefully they can make some changes for themselves. Um, because when I was at the beginning of this journey, I could see who I wanted to be, but I didn't think I could ever get there. I thought that was someone else. Wow. But it, it turned out it was me. And that's really cool. <laughs> it's super cool. So uh, I've, been, I've never been happier or healthier. And I just, you know, I really do want to share that. And so thank you for giving me an opportunity to do so. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I know there's so much we could talk about. <laughs> like, I so appreciate you, your knowledge. I know the people that know you, whether they know you through Instagram, the market, the co-op we're coming to you because they have gluten intolerance and they can't eat dairy. I mean, you build a community of healing around you. And then to look at you with this incredible energy and joy, there's joy pouring out of every pore in your body. It's just amazing. And so you're an attractor to that. And so you have so much to give. And I'm so glad that you were able to come on today. And we've got to, we've got to come back on and talk more about fiber and the earth and um, how the earth is a macrocosm of what's going on in the body, because we were kind of getting there, but um, I don't want to dive too deep for our listeners today and yeah. there's so much more we can go on that and I know that um you have so much more to teach me and to share all with all of us on that too so yeah thank you for yeah they, I could go on and on these are all passions of mine because they're all connected <laughs> so like the mycelial network you know all of these things the health of the soil the health of humans the health of the planet they're all deeply connected. And, and until we understand that, we will continue to, you know, not be well. And, mm -hmm. um, and I really would like to see, you know, um, us be able to, to live in harmony with the natural world and for our, you know, kids and grandkids to, to have an environment that, um, that we remember where rivers are flowing and, and, you know, climate change is not pressing down your neck at every moment um, in the form of storms and rising temperatures and, you know, freak um, occurrences in weather. So, it, you know, all of these things are so pressing. And so I'm happy to talk anytime to anybody who wants to listen because it, it has to be a now or never kind of thing because mm -hmm. if we don't start to make change, even a little bit, even the first day of yoga, even the day that the belly fell in the face, like it, you have to start or it's over before you know it. And um, so I'm happy to talk about any of those subjects any time because I think time is of the essence at the moment like we need as humanity to make some changes to take back our health and to offer a better future for our kids I agree I agree yeah. I want to say like I agree 100% so where can people find you what's the best way to connect with you to learn more about the Kula whether they're local or whether they're far away Oh, well, thanks for asking. Um, 
Kula is uh, at uh, www.thekulaconnection.com, and I'm sure you can put that somewhere for people. But that's our website, and um, you can poke around there and and uh, read a little bit about you know some of the other things we're trying to do. Uh, you know, my partner Spencer runs a, a men's yoga group, and you know is trying to address some of the issues of toxic masculinity, and you know just. As the world is changing um, and women are really starting to take more of their power and, and assert that, it leaves many, many men feeling kind of uncertain. And, and you know, um, for men, when we were doing some research, you know, the number one cause of death is not heart disease, it's loneliness. Wow. Uh, so, you know, he really started this men's outreach um, and Kula means community and we mean, we mean that. So, um, you know, he's, he's trying to reach out and fill kind of this, this need that we see. And so men's yoga is starting up again. It's called Kula Dudes. It's going to be Wednesday, the 27th. Um, uh, anyway, but I like Instagram. And so uh, you can follow me on Instagram and um, I, I do my own social media. So that stuff I write that I think those things, that's real stuff. So um, it's a, a good way for people to connect with me too. And so um that that's uh lots of places to find us and lots of stuff coming up so thanks for letting me shout that out and invite people i appreciate that of course anything i can do it's all my <laughs> pleasure so this has been a really great conversation and looking forward to you so fun again and yes. we'll definitely figure out a way to promote those upcoming events for the kula connection awesome thank you my dear Thank you so, so much. Fun. Yeah.